Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Brussling Unlimited. As it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, for a go-home show, I would say it was a little underwhelming. I'm just going to say that for sure. I thought this was just a simple, plain, not bad, but good episode of Raw at best. If you didn't tell me the pay-per-view was Saturday, I would have thought we maybe had one more smack or one more raw to go to build up this pay-per-view. But no, they're building up title matches for next week's Raw with the IC title on the line, which is kind of weird. But overall, I didn't think it was a bad Raw, but there were some parts of Raw that kind of were just meh, but hey, can't always be great. But Luke, we'll ask Luke over here. What did you think of tonight's Raw? Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I thought it was, like, a little underwhelming. Like, there were some spots where I was just bored throughout the show. And there was, like, it was, there was some that was, like, okay. But there was some where I was, like, eh, I don't really care for this. And I, it was a little underwhelming, especially for a go-home show. Right. I mean, other than the tag title match, they didn't announce anything else new, right? I don't think so. For payback. Yeah, I don't think they did, no. I'm going I'm to double check on that. because I don't think they announced... How many matches do we have so far? So, so far we have six matches. One, two, three, four from Raw. One from SmackDown. And then one inner-branded match, like inter-promotional match. I don't see them adding anything else. Maybe, maybe something with the Usos. But I don't even think of that. Triple H likes to keep six. That's six, seven mark. So I don't think we get anything else announced on, on SmackDown. Well, actually, I, I take that back. Six matches, but we also do have the Grayson Waller effect with Cody to make seven, seven things in total. Because I keep forgetting about that. Which, that's still kind of random. They didn't want to put Cody in a match, but they still wanted him on the show. So is that... A SmackDown thing, or is that a inner promotional or raw? I don't even know. But it's probably just to give something for Cody to do because, like, we don't really have a match for him. But right. let's just put him on the show so that way people don't complain. I mean, they're having Sammy and Kevin do the same thing they've always been doing matches with the Judgment Day. How many times have they beat the Judgment Day now? I don't even know. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod apple pod anchor iHeartRadio, and so much more remember if you are watching live on twitch you can help us out a couple of different ways you can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating twitch bits in the live chat also remember you can help us out by subscribing to the channel Ooh, i'm about to burp for some reason one of two different ways you can subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Immortals of Avian or Avium, whether you're getting something old like, I don't know, 
smarter than a fifth grader, claiming the free game homeworld Deserts of Karak. Oh, you're getting Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, or John Cena in Fortnite. Use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Fortnite just launched Season 4 last week. It's more of the same, but still fun to go through all the challenges. So when you're getting that new Battle Pass, use this code, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, for all your Fortnite needs. And remember, they recently added Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Well, late last week, if not over the weekend, I saw it on Saturday, they also re-added John Cena, in case you didn't get him last year. So you can get all three WWE superstars, I think still right now, in Fortnite. But with that, oop, I clicked the wrong button. Um, With that, we got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Raw itself started off with an immemorial graphic, the same one they played on or showed on SmackDown for Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt Wyndham Rotunda. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were announced to be defending the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships at Payback this Saturday against Damian Priest and Finn Balor. We then had Damian Priest against Sami Zayn in an 11-minute and 45-second match. I thought this was a good opener, and like this match happens, and I go, okay, we're off to a good start. Even the J.D. McDonough stuff didn't really pull me away too much. Some of that's been kind of hit or miss, but I liked the way they did it tonight. Sammy was doing well against Priest until Priest dropped him with a clothesline and followed this up with the Falcon Arrow for a two. Zayn tried to dive, but Priest caught him and dropped him on the announce table. After a commercial break, Zayn hit a sunset flip, uh, sunset flip, sit out power bomb, and got a two, followed by a flip dive and a blue thunder bomb. Zayn then slipped out of a razor's edge attempt and hit an exploder in the corner. As Zayn set up for a haluva kick, he was tripped up by JD McDonough. Zayn then turned his attention to McDonough, so Priest hit him with a choke slam and pinned him to pick up the victory. Now, in the past, they've had JD do, I think, a little too much. They just kept JD simple, getting just a slight bit involved, and there we go. So, I liked the way they used JD tonight as far as the match does go. And before we get into the post-match, what do you think of the match itself? Oh, yeah, I thought the match was a, was a pretty good opener. And I like JD's role tonight, really. Right. And they're really making it seem like so, like, I guess they're going the route of, like, maybe Finn wants JD in the Judgment Day, but oh, everyone for sure. else doesn't. Well, if you remember, so Finn trained JD, just like he somewhat yeah. trained Becky Lynch. So, there's that, that backstory in their history. But after the match, you know I thought would, go for it. You know what I thought would have been cool, like, back when, like, Finn did their rivalry with Seth Rollins when, like, when Seth was world champion? Huh. You know what they could have done? Maybe have like JD like team up with with like Finn. They attack like Seth, and then have someone, someone like Nathan Frazier come up to main roster to team with Seth. Because remember, who trained Nathan Frazier? In a way, Seth Rollins. He trained at Seth's school, so you can say he's a pupil of Seth. But who knows how much him and Seth actually trained one on one? Finn and JD. Finn was there all the time training the students. Well, Seth was at the school most of the time. Right. So he wasn't there all the time, but he was there most of the time. Right. Students. Right. Whenever he wasn't on the road with WWE. But yeah, that would be really cool. And they can even do that now. Like say oh, yeah. something happens and Finn gets kicked out of judgment day and it's just Damien, Rhea and Dom. And then JD and Finn go do their own thing. JD and Finn, Seth and Frazier. 
I like it. I could see it. But It'd be cool, but at the same time, it's like, like Nathan Frazier needs a little more character development before yeah. he goes up to main roster. Well, like they've changed his character like three times this year. They've had him doing different things that don't all mesh together for some reason. Yeah, like it would be cool, but at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, let him stay in NXT for a little bit. Because like he started off as just this very athletic guy that can go out there and have good high flyer performances. Then he started doing this gimmick as like a late night talk show host kind of thing, like John Oliver. I think it's his name, John Oliver. And then now he's back to the whole still kind of doing the late night host thing, but then also the, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to have banger matches. And so he's like trying to mold the two things. And it's just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But as far as the post-match here goes, after the match, Priest shoved McDonough to the ground and told him, hey, stay out of my business. As Priest left, the crowd uh, began cheering because Kevin Owens would appear in the ring. McDonough was in the ring with, with Owens and um, Zane, and they dropped him, laid him out the stunner and a halluva kick. So there we go. Just getting the crowd riled up. Baby faces. So after this, Drew McIntyre was in the back looking at a picture that Matt Riddle had, I guess you could say, photoshopped. He put some bro gear on um, McIntyre. Akira Dezawa was there and told McIntyre, it looks good. McIntyre told Riddle not to get ahead of himself. He doesn't really want to be a tag team. Riddle did some comedy before suggesting that they sit at ringside for the Viking Raiders versus New Day tonight. McIntyre actually liked that idea because he wanted to see these two idiots get beat up. Riddle thought he was talking about the New Day, but McIntyre's like, no, 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 no. He was talking about the Viking Raiders. And then there was a hype video for Raquel Rodriguez lifting weights and whatnot, saying she may be the first actual threat to Rhea Ripley and her championship reign. Rodriguez says she was bigger and stronger than Rhea, and she's out for revenge. Becky Lynch was Is that in a match official for yes, it was made official of, for payback. Yeah, it was made official last week. So Becky's shown warming up backstage. And then we get what we think might be L.A. Night. We hear his music, crowd pops, and then it's The Miz dressed as L.A. Night. So at first when he walked out, I couldn't tell the difference. I'm like, L.A. Knight cut his hair. Oh, never mind. He didn't cut his hair. That's The Miz. Never mind. That's old I Mike. I thought this was funny. I liked it. I actually really liked it because Miz got to just fully be Mike Mazanin, the actor here, and pretend to be L.A. Knight, and he did a great job. I thought he did a great job pretending to be L.A. Knight. I mean, this hasn't. This is not the first time The Miz has done something like this right. in the past, though. He did the same with, like, Cena. He did with The Rock. Then he put the bald cap on and stuff and get, like, a extra dark spray tan to be The Rock? I think so, yeah. Yeah. The Miz deepened his voice, which he claimed Knight did, to sound like a tough guy, and repeatedly, yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, a bunch of times. Some of the crowd still sang along and did it with him. Miz called them sheep, to which they responded, yeah. I thought that was funny. Miz also mixed up some stone-cold phrases in there, saying that Alien Eye is nothing more than an Attitude Era knockoff. Miz returned to his regular voice after saying, hey, does anybody want what's in this bag? I can give you some free LA Knight t-shirts, yeah. And Miz returned, like I said, to his regular voice and said, LA Knight was easy. Anyone could be L.A. Knight if they really wanted to. Miz said the Knight was all about the catchphrase. And when Miz calls himself awesome, it's not a catchphrase. It's telling you what he actually is. 
midst of the crowd who would cheer anything, including losers, which night would be a payback. I liked it. It was simple. It was straight to the point, and it didn't overstay its welcome. Moving forward, we saw Seth Rollins in the back. He was going to call out Nakamura later. Ricochet then walked by and gave him a little nod. Also, Rollins wearing a Wyndham armband from Bray Wyatt. We saw a couple wrestlers doing that. I think Ciampa later had one that said TFBW, Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt. We then have a 17-minute match. It's the Viking Raiders against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. So this was another good match. Like Most of the matches tonight were good. It was all the in-between stuff that kind of didn't get me, really. All four men wore brave armbands. Kingston hit a dive early, but the Viking Raiders were in control as we went to a commercial break. Valhalla distracted Woods, which allowed Ivar to prevent a hot tag. Then, freaking um, Wade Barrett started saying something about wearing antlers at ringside. Talked about Valhalla and her headdress. I, I didn't catch exactly. I'm like, what is he? Oh, because at first he's like, said something about, yeah, there's antlers, Cole. And I'm like, antlers? What are you talking about? He's like, ah, the Valhalla. I'm like, oh, I get what he's, okay. It was, it was kind of funny. So the crowd yeah, started saying, like, who else? Before, like, who else at ringside is like wearing antlers? Yeah. I like how he kept calling them antlers. I thought that was so funny. So the crowd starts chanting for Kofi's. Let's go Kofi chance. Who attempted for a hot tag but was cut off. Kingston finally made the hot tag to Woods, who hit Ivar with a forearm and an honor roll clothesline for a two. Woods avoided a double team, and Kingston tagged back in and splashed Ivar, but Eric broke up the cover. The fight spilled to the outside, which led to Ivar driving Kingston into McIntyre and Riddle. He just threw Kofi right into them. McIntyre was pissed at this point and chucked his leather chair in the ring at Ivar. Now, the ref was distracted, so it wasn't a DQ, but the chair never hit Ivar, so it wouldn't have been a DQ anyways. McIntyre also chucked one at Eric, but he ducked, and then Woods got knocked out instead. The Viking Raiders used this opportunity to hit Kingston with Ragnarok and pin him to pick up the victory. So there we go. The Viking Raiders do defeat the New Day. McIntyre then checked on Woods afterwards and apologized to Kofi, who wasn't really pleased with McIntyre. McIntyre was kind of upset over what he did and tried to apologize again. What'd you think? I thought it was good. All right, I thought it was good. Did I don't know if it was if it was like this to you, but did Drew kind of tease that he was gonna like turn heel for a little bit? When he got angry, I was like, "Oh, this is a side of Drew we haven't seen in a long time." But then he started like to calm back down and apologizing to him for hitting Woods. So I'm like, "Oh, that anger could be something down the line." Eventually, that anger could be turned on to Matt Riddle. So, here's my thing about uh, having Drew possibly turn heel. I know he's said in the past, like, he would if it was, like, for the right reason. But if he did just to do it on Riddle, I feel like to him that might feel a little random. Like, wouldn't you? Yes and no. I mean, they've been teasing Riddle wants to be friends and this and that. And so eventually he, he keeps telling him, I don't want to be a formal tag team. I really don't. And so eventually he's going to get annoyed with Riddle wanting to be that tag team when he keeps telling him no. So I could see it. I could see it working out. I know he keeps saying he wants to like start doing stuff with like actual meaning to it. Right. And if he, if they're gonna, I feel like if they're gonna turn him heel, 
and then have him go after Seth. Because I don't think Seth and McIntyre, Babyface, Babyface would... It would be okay. It wouldn't be all that great. But if they're going to have him turn heel and go after Seth, this is a great way to do it. Someone wants to be his friend. He doesn't want to not be friends, but he also doesn't want to be tag team partners. And eventually he gets so pissed off at him being annoying that, well, turns on him like Randy Orton never did. Like Randy Orton teased doing. A lot of people were like begging Randy Orton to turn heel and riddle. Right. But, but just like in AEW with Matt, uh, with MJF and Adam Cole, it was just getting over so well and doing so good in the ratings and the merch. They had to keep just stretching it and stretching it. Because yeah, uh, with the Adam Cole and MJF stuff, a lot of people were like, they were like, uh, all right, when's like MJF going to like turn on Adam Cole? But, but like since they were doing like so well with fans and like mm. ratings and merch, they're like, all right, people love them together. So we got to keep them together. Also, speaking of AEW, I think it's going to be Adam Cole turning on MJF and starting a new group with Roddy in the kingdom. That's so basically OG Kingdom with adding Roddy. Roderick Strong. Yeah. That could be really cool. I I still don't know what they're going to do with the world title all out though. Like I still don't know. Oh, no, they're doing it with most stuff at all out. They have five matches announced. They usually do 10, so we'll see. Oh, they had a Bray Wyatt tribute video, the same one we saw on SmackDown. Crowd held up their cell phone lights and chanted, thank you, Bray, as a spotlight shined on Bray's rocking chair. Again, almost got me like it did on SmackDown. So, Riddle and McIntyre approached Kingston as he left the trainer's room. Kingston said that Woods wasn't doing great, but he'd be fine in the end. McIntyre told Kingston what happened was an accident. Kingston said, yeah, I know. And he knew McIntyre wouldn't do something like that on purpose, so they're all good. They fist bumped, and there we go. McIntyre was pissed off about what the Viking Raiders did and said that he would take them out like he should have last week. McIntyre then left, said something about going and talking to Adam Pierce. Kingston wasn't sure what he meant by that, and Riddle was excited because he assumed, hey, we're going to be teaming up again next week. So it was announced, Riddle and McIntyre versus the Viking Raiders next week on Raw. Gunther then cut a promo ahead of the next match. Got a promo standing on the announce table because that's his thing. Crowd booed him. Gunther said that Chad Gable made history last week when he became the first person to beat him in over 500 days. Gunther said that Gable won, but on a technicality in all actuality. In reality, he won nothing. Gunther said that Gable did accomplish one thing, pissing him off. Gunther then fired up and said Gable had his attention and his focus. He announced that Gable would get another shot at the Intercontinental Championship next week on Monday Night Raw. But Gable would not win the match next week, and would not win tonight against Ludwig Kaiser, his best man. Gable then interrupt. Him and Otis and Maxine came out. Gable said that Gunther has been on the main roster for almost two years, but no one was able to defeat him. Well, until last week. Gable said that, yes, he won. and He will win not next week in 10 seconds, but in one, two, three. Because if you think about it, he needed 10 seconds to get the count out. Next week, he only needs three seconds to get the pinfall. Gable told Kaiser to get in the ring so they can cook this up Memphis style. We did have Chad Gable versus Ludwig Kaiser. Now, I want to get your thoughts on something, though. What do you think of them doing the IC title match on Raw next week and not putting it on the pay-per-view, payback on Saturday? I 
it seems kind of a letdown in my opinion. I know a lot of fans were kind of like, kind of like hoping it would be at payback because like, is payback like the actual day where he would actually beat Honky Talk Man's record? No, because he still or won't beat Monday. N- well, I think it. Give me two seconds. We do some math. I think it's after next Monday, to be honest. That's probably why they're doing it Monday then. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Whatever day they do it, they're still doing it before he breaks the record, the title match. Because Honky Tonk has a list of Intercontinental Champions. Do a little bit of math. Pull up a calculator. So Honky's record is... Roll all the way down. There's been a lot of Intercontinental Champions. Gunther is the 183rd Intercontinental Champion. Honky's record is 454. Gunther's been champ for 443 days, which means 11 days he'll beat the record. So that would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. A week from Friday, September the 8th, Gunther will beat the record. We'll tie the record, and then the next day, the 9th, he will beat the record. If I did the math right. And if Wikipedia is correct. So, so, we'll see. I mean, or what they could do is maybe they do a match at Payback with Gunther, then do another one at that Monday so it can make it seem like like he beat two people in like two days and now he officially broke the record. I mean, I get what you're saying, but they would have announced that tonight because Gunther ain't back on TV till next week's Raw. I mean, I know, but... It could have been like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. They should have done it at the pay-per-view. But as we've learned, since Guther's been Intercontinental Champion, he's always defended that title on TV. If you think about it, back to his days in SmackDown, that match was always a SmackDown match, the IC title match, for some reason. Always been on SmackDown, and then they move him to Raw, and he's always defending on Raw. It's very weird, other than like WrestleMania. I feel like when Guther first won the IC title, he barely defended it. I think he defended it enough. Does, does Wikipedia say how often they defend? Like, uh, let me see. Does it say how many defenses he's had? Uh, no. It just says how many days he's been champion. 443 days. I wanted to see how many times he's defended it, but I, I wouldn't know that without going back and looking, and that would take a while. But we did have Chad Gable versus Ludwig Kaiser. Match went 18 and a half minutes. And 45 seconds into the match, it went to break after Gable hit a cannonball. Gunther did leave the ringside area during the break. Call called him arrogant for doing so. They went to a second commercial break a little bit later after Kaiser knocked Gable off the top and followed us up with a running uppercut on the outside. Kaiser maintained control after the break while cutting off Gable's comeback attempt. Kaiser then hit a rolling fireman's carry and a PK for a two. Gable then came back with a neckbreaker and a suplex before wiping out both Kaiser and Vinci with a moonsault to the outside. After the 18-minute mark, Gable hit the cross of the Chaos Theory suplex, but Vinci broke up the cover and caused the disqualification. So, technically, Gable does win, but by DQ. Not the finish I would have liked to see with him going into a title match next week, but... I don't understand why they needed to keep Kaiser strong. I don't know. Afterwards, Otis suplexed Vinci, but Kaiser attacked him, and the two Imperium members double-teamed him before putting the boots to Gable. Gunther would march back out, 
and was going to powerbomb Gable, but Gable countered into an ankle lock. Kaiser and Vinci then decked Gable and stomped away at him until Gunther shoved them aside and powerbombed Gable. Also, I forgot to mention, in, Gable, in uh, Gunther's promo, he said he's not happy with his guys. Like, he's not happy with Kaiser or Vinci right now. So what did you think of the match and the post-match and all that? I mean, the match was going good until it ended in DQ. I thought, I thought it was kind of bad that you're having a good match just kind of like end on disqualification like that. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as like Gunther getting mad at his guys, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I because I have no clue where that's going to lead. Is it going to lead to like him getting mad and they're like, all right, we'll make up for it, and then they like, win the tag titles or something? Mm, that's not a bad idea. They keep teasing, kicking Vinci out, but I don't know. I would hate that. So would I. Would I. Hate that. They already did once. They did. they did once when they didn't bring him up to the main roster at first, when they brought the other two guys, Kaiser and Gunther. Well, that they was, didn't really kick him out. He just left, and they just said, said you know what, forget about him. Right. But as we move but, forward, like, if they oh, did, then, they, then you basically just use, like, Ludwig Kaiser as just a guy with, with Gunther. I know a lot of people are saying that, well, they are, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, you have the tag team, which is already good with Gunther, but then if you get Ludwig out of there, it's like, oh, he's basically just a guy that just follows Gunther around. Give me one second. Um, I have to... My daughter's soccer coach tried calling me for some reason, so I'm going to tell her mom to call. Give me one second, guys. Now, they played a tribute to Bob Barker. If you guys didn't hear, Bob Barker passed away over the weekend. He was 99 years old. This... Okay, we're good. We're good. Because we've been waiting to figure out when soccer season starts, and her coach was calling me, and I'm like, oh, we need to know this because we got a, one one email that said the season's supposed to start in like two weeks, but we haven't heard anything about practices and stuff. So, anywho, back to Raw. We got Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins came out and kicked everything off by saying, Yowie Wowie, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Rollins got straight to the point and called out Shinsuke Nakamura, but Nakamura didn't show. So Rollins thought that he should head to Beale Street, order a stiff drink, and listen to the fans sing his song all night long. Also, Seth put more blonde in his hair. Looked like it, right? I didn't really pay attention to his hair, honestly. His hair looked blonder. Anyways. Uh, Nakamura video. His hair used to be like half blonde and half black. It was like three quarters black and like a quarter of it on this side was, was blonde. But then recently he had... Bleached like the bottom of his hair, but it seemed like it was more of it this week. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking too much into it. So Nakamura, a Nakamura video played and include clips of Nakamura training while stating his desire to break Rollins and destroy his back. Nakamura said that Rollins wouldn't be able to walk his daughter down the aisle at her wedding and said that Rollins had no future. I'm really liking these Nakamura videos. Like they're freaking fantastic. Rollins says that he wasn't impressed. That all we got was a great Nakamura video. Rollins wanted to know where Nakamura was. Where's the Nakamura that headlined the Tokyo Dome? The Nakamura that set NXT on fire. He said a month ago, he would have given Nakamura the shirt off his back. The same back 
that was broken in two places. But his back didn't stop him from winning the world title and didn't stop him from beating Nakamura's ass this Saturday. Rollins wouldn't stop until someone pulled him off Nakamura. Rollins said that Nakamura would never take anything away from him, not his title, not his future, not his family. All of a sudden, Nakamura would attack from behind. Nakamura dropped him with a kick and took a look at the title before leaving. This was effective, just more of the same build towards the pay-per-view match this weekend, but I'm really liking the way they're using Nakamura. They're not like having him go out there and try to cut these half English, half Japanese promos and whatnot. No, they're using these very well-produced video packages and then Nakamura sneak attacking when Cecily's suspecting. Oh, yeah, I really do. I, the one thing I do like about these Nakamura folk, like videos is, uh, you know, him being like the heel, like talking Japanese when like a lot of people can't understand him, but they still have the subtitles underneath, which right. I do like. Yep. Let him be him, basically. And I wouldn't mind having Nakamura beat Seth, but at the same time, I think Seth should keep the belt. Me too. But, yeah, I, I have no clue who, who's going to beat Seth for the belt. I don't even know how much longer they keep the belts on him. We've got Zayn and Owens cutting a promo backstage. Zayn was tired of dealing with the Judgment Day after all these months. Brother, I'm tired for you. No matter how many times they beat them, I asked that earlier, how many times have you beat them? Judgment Day found a way to come back and get a cheap victory. Now, they got themselves a title match. Zayn was ready to face them one more time. Owen said that they went to Adam Pierce and had their match made into a Steel City street fight. Owen said that a lot of crazy things have happened in Pittsburgh, including Owens himself being thrown off a cage through the announce table. Remember, hell in a cell. He said that was nothing compared to what they would do to Judgment Day, and they would end this once and for all. So we're getting a, a hardcore match, a street fight at the pay-per-view. So we've got a cage match and a street fight. Cool. I'm down. Unlike, not to compare it to All In, last, last night when they had freaking um, three, no, four just regular hardcore matches. At least these are different. Steel cage, street fight. I know they had a AM Stampede. What was, was the women's Fatal 4-Way match? Was that a hardcore match? No, so they had the FTW title match, which was FTW Rules, Stadium Stampede, the Trios title match, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn wanted it contested under No Fall or uh, No Holds Barred. And then what was the other one? Crap, I got it written down. Um, the coffin match. The coffin match was the fourth technically hardcore style match. So, go back to the ring. We got Tommaso Ciampa versus Bronson Reed. Match went four and a half minutes. Ciampa hit an air raid crash early for a near fall, and Reed followed this up with a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Reed then knocked Ciampa out, uh, out of the ring but Ciampa came back with a Willow, Will, Widow's Bell. For some reason, I always want to say Willow's Bell. I don't know why. He hit a running knee strike and got a two. Ciampa then followed moments later with a crucifix bomb to pick up the victory and pin Bronson Reed. Reed kind of over-rotated on the pin. Didn't look all that great, but hey, whatever. It's fine. Nitpicking. What did you think of the match itself? 
I mean, it was okay. Nothing great. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I, I, like, I took away from like Champa like today was like he posted more of the missing Johnny. Oh yeah, videos. He's, he's gonna keep doing that. I feel. When's Johnny gonna come back? I mean, how he, long are they gonna keep doing this? I don't know. He's staying home with with Quill playing Mr. Mom, stay at home dad. He's not even Candace, on the road. He's backstage. Mm -hmm. Weird. So speaking of backstage, we go backstage. Jackie Redman, who's with Becky Lynch, she asked if Becky had a, any second thoughts about her false count anywhere match tonight, just days before she goes into a cage with Trish Stratus. Lynch said that she's had seconds, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth thoughts. And they've all been about whooping Stark all over this arena. This wasn't the easy way, but she didn't want the easy way. Lynch then planned on bringing the chaos tonight in Memphis. They then showed, for some reason, Tiffany Stratton in the front row. That was an interesting one. It's not like they were in Orlando or something like last time when they were in Orlando and they had NXT wrestlers shown. No. Why would they bring Tiffany Stratton, the NXT Women's Champion, to Memphis? I don't get that one, but whatever. It was cool I mean, exposure. Ludwig Kaiser. True, but it's not like she's on the road with him every week. I mean, maybe it's just their way to promote NXT more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like every now and then we'll bring like an NXT champion to like sit ringside. Right. They do have the No Mercy pay-per-view coming up September 30th. If nothing changes my plans, I'll be at that show. Is that going to be in Fresno? Bakersfield, two hours away. It's literally oh, I get on the bad. I get on the freeway and just drive for two hours until I hit the the um building. It's literally I can do this drive with my eyes closed. I've done it a gajillion times. Like this is a nothing drive for me. I've done this I don't know how many times going to Los Angeles, LA, because we used to have um annual passes to Disneyland and we'd go like twice a month. And so I I could do that drive any time of the day. With my eyes closed, I've done it so many times. Granted, the LA drive is two is double the distance, and you gotta go over the big mountain, but still super easy drive. Just drive straight. Just hit hit 70 miles an hour, click that cruise control, and whoop. Go, and it's not far right off the freeway, too. So we have a Rhea Ripley uh, Raquel Rodriguez segment. Ripley entered with Dirty Dom, got a promo. Ripley said the Rodriguez only got one up on her last week because she feigned an injury. Ripley said that she could run down the list of accomplishments, but that would take too long. The title around her waist was enough to prove everything that Rodriguez, everything, and that Rodriguez was an idiot if she thought she was taking it from her on Saturday. Ripley agreed with Rodriguez that she would was big and a bit tough, but she was not Rhea Bloody Ripley. Mommy was. Walking out as champion at Payback, she said. This then led to Rodriguez coming out. They brawled until Rodriguez sent Ripley out of the ring with a fallaway slam. Dom distracted Rodriguez, and Ripley tried to take advantage with a riptide, but Rodriguez countered it into a clothesline. Ripley backed away with Dom, telling Rodriguez, you just made a big mistake. So yeah, more of the same, but pretty much effective. Not great or anything, but it, it, it built up more intrigue. Like, we really needed more, though. Like, if you've seen their matches in NXT, you know this is a good chance this is a pretty good, going to be a pretty good match. 
Oh, yeah. I kept seeing a lot, like, not a lot, but, like, some people on, like, Twitter saying, like, like, payback is going to suck because there's now, like, a bunch of, like, amazing matches. But, like, this match should be really good. Yeah, I think this match will deliver in, in some way. Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark cut a promo backstage on Becky. Stratus called Lynch an idiot for taking this match tonight. The announcers then ran down the card for payback, which is as followed. Uh, got it right here. You know that Becky Lynch will take on Trish Stratus in a cage. Seth freaking Rollins will defend the World Heavyweight Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Rhea Ripley will defend the Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. Rey Mysterio will defend the United States Championship against Austin Theory. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will defend the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships in a street fight against Judgment Day's Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And LA Knight will go one-on-one with The Miz. So there we go. They then aired a Terry Funk tribute video, and the crowd gave a big ovation, chanting, Terry, 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 before telling us what we're getting next week. Next week, we'll be getting Gunther versus Gable for the Intercontinental Championship, and McIntyre and Riddle versus the Viking Raiders in a Tornado Tag Team match. Then, interestingly, they showed Tiffany Stratton again before the main event, which was very weird. I'm like, what? Why do they need to show her again? Okay, cool. Because, like, they showed her at one point in the crowd, and then they actually had her, like, stand up and stuff. So, okay. Whatever. I mean, are they teasing her going up to main roster soon? Maybe. I think she needs a little more promo work. I'm not a big fan of the voice that she does. But I mean, her in-ring skills are, like, good enough for main roster, but Mm. she does need more promo. I don't know about that one. Because in that Thea Hale match at, at Great American Bash, she blew herself up to where she almost couldn't finish the match. Because if you didn't see, she was supposed to go for the, the Boston Crab or whatever, and she she just sat on Thea Hale instead. She couldn't, like, crouch, like, get the squat to hold it and all. Yeah, so. We'll see. I mean, I eventually, yeah. I, I expect her up by this time next year. I see her coming up, maybe even if they wait till after next year's WrestleMania. I don't know. I would say at least next year's WrestleMania. Right. I'm honestly really interested to see who's next coming up to the main roster, though. Same. I feel like if there's any woman, I would say that that's like ready for main roster, maybe Blair Davenport. I can see it. Roxanne Perez. I feel like Roxanne needs more, like, promo work, though. True. In the ring, she's got it all. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I, could, I could see the promo work and leading a little more. Like, Blair Davenport, I think she's ready. Let me go to our main event. It's Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus. Because this is just a goddamn handicap match. Match went just shy of 16 and a half minutes. Stratus got involved less than a minute in by attacking Lynch with a kendo stick. Lynch then fought Trish off. And hit both women with a flying crossbody outside the ring. Starks then shoved Lynch into the steel steps and hit a springboard drop kick in the ring for a two. Stratus then threw a chair into the ring, but it hit Stark right in the face. Which seemed like an accident, like it wasn't supposed to. Like Trish was just throwing these chairs wildly and not watching what she was doing. Anyways, they both played it off. Starks then brushed it off as Stratus shucked about six more chairs into the ring. Starks then tried a superplex 
onto the chairs, but Lynch blocked it and avoided a diving and hit a diving leg drop. Lynch then countered Stark's finisher into a manhandle slam, but Stratus broke up the pin. Lynch then ran after Stratus and repeatedly hit her with a kendo stick in the back, in the butt, in the leg, everything. Like she worked her over, all the way to the back. Stratus scampered up the ramp. Eventually, Stark attacked Lynch with a chair and hit her with a thrust kick for a two. Lynch was back in control, though, after a commercial break and gave Starks an exploder into the barricade for a two. Lynch grabbed a table, and the crowd popped because they saw a table. Starks then drop-kicked her. Starks then hit Lynch repeatedly with a chair. She placed the chair on Lynch and hit a twisting senton. Lynch then chucked the chair at Stark and hit a superplex onto a chair for a two. Lynch then set it for a manhandle slam on the announce table, but Trish reappeared and stopped it. Lynch then fought them off momentarily, but Stratus attacked her and hit a Stratus Faction Bulldog on the table. Stratus then, or Stark then made the cover and got a near fall off of it. They fought into the crowd, who was actually pretty excited and still pumped up for this, and Lynch began fighting them both off. Starks accidentally knocked Stratus off of a platform and threw a table. Lynch uh, and Starks then both looked shocked that this had happened. Lynch took the advantage and gave Starks a manhandle slam on the platform, threw a table, and pinned her to pick up the victory. I thought this match ended up being... A lot better than I expected, to be honest. And the crowd was really into it, which I didn't expect as well. This late in the show, this match, a lot of Trish that they've really been not caring about. But yeah, excuse me. I liked it. I really thought that this match did deliver more than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. Like, Zoe and, and Becky, they have like pretty good chemistry. Like, yes. better chemistry than like Trish and Becky. Oh, that's for sure. But it's also that the crowd's like, just not caring about Trish. I think they're just, everyone's just ready to be done with Trish, to be honest oh with you. Oh, boy. That, and that ain't a truer statement if I've heard one. And, like, I was kind of shocked that the fans were, like, actually behind Zoe and Becky, especially since, like, everyone has been, like, ready for, like, Trish to be out of there. Yeah. So... I just figured fans would just be like, oh, it's just another Zoe and Becky match. We've seen it before. It's nothing special. As we move on, that is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. Now you know what we thought. Nope, we thought. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's show. So let's go refresh all the polls. Or as the ooh, as far as the Twitch poll does go, 50% liked the show. 50% thought it was just all right. Looking over at the Twitter poll, 75% liked the show. 22% thought it was just all right. And 2% didn't like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 69% liked it. 26% thought it was just all right. And 5% didn't like Raw. Some of the comments here. What a great show. WWE continues to outdo themselves. Can't wait for NXT and SmackDown. Or says they started, expected the show to start the same way as SmackDown. No, they're not going to do another 10-bell salute because they already did that once. They did the tribute videos. They did the in-memory graphic. They didn't need to get everybody out there crying again. Versus good matches, 7.8 out of 10. I think Zoe deserves a rematch at WrestleMania 40. Hmm, okay. The person also says good matches. And this person says, I like it. And I like to the end. The man, Becky Lynch, won the street fight against Zoe Starks and Trish. So, yeah. Very cool. Also, Becky was pointing at, I forgot to mention this, at the end of the show, her wrist, her armband for Bray Wyatt, and she teared up a little bit. 
If you think about it, she's been around Bray for a long time. They go back all the way to the FCW days. The FCW NXT days. I think a lot of people have. Right? A lot of them now main roster. So, but with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, I will be back live on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. It's the go-home show and the fallout show all in one. We got the fallout from all in, but we also got the go-home for all out. It's like they got to do a bunch on this dang show. So with that, guys, we'll see you back here next time. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.